Welcome. You are listening to Mountain View Scattered. This is an audio companion to our weekly church gatherings. It is a way to stay connected while you are away and to learn more about our community, how we can best reach and serve it. I'm your host, Wade. Father God, I pray this morning that by your word and spirit we would come humbly this morning before you, and we pray that the good gifts that you have to give to us that we would receive well, and that we would enjoy them with your blessing upon them. It's in your son's name we pray, amen. Our big idea for today, Jesus is the bread of life, who daily sustains you and provides good gifts for you. Jesus is the bread of life who daily sustains you and provides good gifts for you. Give us today our daily bread. We've already read the passage this morning. It could also be said, give us the bread that we need for today. Or give us today the bread that we need right now. And let's start by making sure that we understand these three words as clearly as we can. Our daily bread. First, the reminder in this prayer concerns, is that this prayer concerns all of us. Our daily bread. Though we may pray this prayer individually, we are reminded that we do not pray it alone. We are reminded that we are a part of Christ's body, His bride, the church. Locally, in this congregation, and throughout all of history, and in the globe, in the here, in the now, in this world. We are a part of Christ's body, and so we pray this prayer on behalf of all of Christ's body. Give us today our daily bread for ourselves, for our neighbors sitting next to us, and for those that are still yet to come and those around the world right now. You're not alone, right? You're not praying this singularly. You're not acting on your own, thinking of... uh, thinking that you are the only one who has God as their Father or the only uh, one uh, whose bread you should be concerned about. This is a prayer that you're praying as a group, as a body, as a whole. Daily, every day, today, right now. Only what we need for today or tomorrow as well. In one sense, the word daily here is kind of a distraction, and theologians like to fight about this word, and everyone wants to disagree. Is the bread only for today, or is it praying for tomorrow's bread today, or can we store up bread? And that's actually not the point at all. At the same time, this word daily, or if we wanted to say every day, tells us a lot. First of all, it tells us that we should go to our good Father every 
single day. Or rather, it is good to go to our Father every single day in prayer. And it is good every single day to ask Him for what you need that day. It also tells us that He listens every day. That He's there waiting on you to hear from you. Ready to take the burden, whatever it may be that weighs you down, He's ready to take that from you so that you can make it through the day. The psalmist says it like this, Cast your burden on the Lord and He will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And who are the righteous who He will not allow to be moved? In this case, it is those who call upon Him as Father and understand that no matter where their bread came from, it was a blessing and a gift from God. James reminds us that every good and perfect gift is from above. It comes down from the Father who is unchanging, like a perfect light that is not changed by any darkness or shadow. Psalm 104 verses 27 and 28 tells us that whether we are an animal or a person, one who is loved by God or someone who is at enmity with God, who is an enemy of God still, that we all look to Him to give food in the right season. And when He gives it to us, we all gather it up. That when God opens His hand, we are filled with good things, says the psalmist. And so we're brought to the word bread then, which means here the mixture of water and flour and salt. This is an important part of life. (laughs) The thing that we know and love as bread, that we buy in the shop, that we make ourselves, whatever the case may be. But it also means much more than that. It's true that during the day in which Jesus was saying this prayer, that it would have been difficult to keep tomorrow's bread today because of moisture or dryness and the bread getting hard or because of bugs or whatever the case may be. So is this why we pray for daily bread? Once again, it's not the most important part. But whether it's the weather or bugs, or because you've invited people into your home and showing hospitality to share the good gifts that God has given to you, we are reminded here that bread for today is important. The actual physical thing that we know of is bread. And Psalm 145 repeats what we've learned earlier, but adds to it, the eyes of all Look to you, that is man, beast, so on and so forth, and you give them food in the right season. You open your hand, you satisfy the desire of every living thing. We are also reminded by the psalmist that there is a consequence to not understanding that we have a good Father that daily provides for us. In Psalm 127, we read this, It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil. For He gives sleep 
to his beloved. For those who know who their Father is and that their Creator and Sustainer is Jesus, we have rest. Rest in knowing that the struggle of life that produces the bread that we need is not only dependent upon us, but given to us by the Father. And let this be a reminder to us then that bread does not magically appear. It takes quite a lot to make a loaf of bread. By way of example, um, over the last two weeks, I've been working in what is now our garden. But before, it was actually just a prison sentence, okay? (laughs) It was rock on top of rock on top of rock and rock and rock. And Kimmyus came and helped me one day. And as I'm standing in my grass yesterday, two days ago now, watering it, I was looking around and I thought, wow, I'm really thankful for this grass. But you know what else? As I was standing in my grass, I was thinking to myself, well, I'm not just thankful for this grass, though, even though this is pretty miraculous, that a truck came with grass rolled up like a scroll and brought it to the garden, I'm thankful for the person that drove the truck to bring me the grass. You know what else I was thankful for? I was suddenly thankful of the fact that I had a hose to hose the garden with and that I didn't have to have a sprinkler can to do the whole garden over and over and over again. I was also thankful for that pickaxe that I had to be digging in the ground and the sledgehammer that I had and the steel that it took to make both of those things so that I didn't just have to have a rocky garden. I was thankful for that wood handle. I was thankful for those rawhide gloves that I had that had good stitching in them so that I didn't get blisters on my hands. And so on and so on and so on. I was all of a sudden realizing that I should be thankful for a lot of things. We've studied before um, from God's Word about the importance of vocations, of the jobs, the tasks that we've been given to do. Any time in the Psalms that there is a prayer for God's people to be safe or well-fed or that someone would be leading them well, well, then we need to be reminded that it takes whole communities to make that happen. That God doesn't just make bars appear on the window. And God doesn't just deliver bread to the door. Except for that one time that He did out in the wilderness for a really long time. Every single day when He provided, right? And typically, God doesn't just provide magically a good leader. Instead, it takes generations of faithfulness to provide that good leader that we ask and pray for. Instead, it takes someone that doesn't just, you know, uh, drop off a loaf of bread at the store, but it took a farmer 
to raise the grain. It took harvesters to gather the grain. It took someone to grind the grain. It then took a baker time to master his craft and his art to bake the bread. And all of a sudden, you have generations of work going on. And so when we pray that we would be fed or that we would be safe or that um, we would have a good leader, it doesn't just happen out of the blue. It's actually something that God has called us to take part in. When we pray for bread, we pray for much more than something that we're just going to lather some butter on later. Martin Luther applied the whole counsel of Scripture to ask a couple of questions and then to answer those questions. For instance, give us this day our daily bread. What does this mean? Certainly, God gives daily bread to everyone without our prayers, even to evil people. But we pray this petition to God that God would lead us to realize this and to receive our daily bread with thanksgiving. What does it mean by daily bread? Daily bread includes everything that has to do with the support and needs of the body, such as food, drink, clothing, shoes, house, home, land, animals, money, goods, a devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers, devout and faithful rulers, good government, good weather, peace, health, self-control, good reputation, good friends, faithful neighbors and things in the like. So what are we praying for when we pray for our daily bread? We're praying for a lot. And it can remind us of a lot that we should be thankful for, asking God for. And maybe even in our community, it should remind us here that we have neighbors that need our help. We have all seen, whether on the news or in person, countries and governments that because of bad leadership can no longer provide the necessary things to feed their people. From the top down, it made it to where farmers could not work, farmers could not produce, bakers then could not bake bread, so on and so forth. And so we pray for those things. Martin Luther said there are devout husband or wife, devout children, devout workers. Why? Why all of those things? Because without all of those people in our lives, life suddenly becomes more difficult. And so, we pray for our daily bread. We pray for our neighbor, for ourselves, for our church family, that all of their daily physical, spiritual, emotional, relational needs would be met by God. And yet we're also reminded that each of us have a vocation, a calling in this world, and a calling to our neighbor, a calling to our spouse, a calling to our fellow church members, to come along beside each other and to make sure
that that daily bread, that those good gifts from God are being delivered. Good and holy Heavenly Father, may Your name be kept holy. We ask that Your kingdom would not delay and that we would get to see shining hope in the here and now about what our future with You holds. We ask to grow in the comfort and contentment of Your actions in our lives and in this world and that we would seek to serve and be obedient to Your daily calling, Your will upon our lives. And God, this day, provide for us every bodily need. Help us to see that all good things flow from You. Show us that our every care, our every labor, that all of those daily gifts are only worthwhile with the knowledge that You are blessing us. Seeking our good and Your glory. Remove our fear, love, and trust in any earthly thing so our every hope and confidence can be placed only ever and always upon the person and work of Jesus. Amen. Jesus is the bread of life who daily sustains and provides good gifts for you. As we continue to think about bread, um, I do have to go, I do have to talk about bread just a little bit more, okay? Especially as it pertains to the Lord's Supper this morning. See, if you ask me, bread is one of the most beautiful things in the world. It's a beautiful thing, though, that begins with death. A plant dies in order that new life can be brought forward by scattering its seeds. That seed, while it's on the ground, begins to die, but some of those seeds will germinate. They'll grow again. Even though they seem dead before. And something, a, a new piece of grass will grow. That grass grows and it grows until it produces more seeds. And when that stalk of grass dies, it gives up its fruit. And then this is where you and I come in. Some of the seeds will go back to the ground and others we will collect and let die and dry. It's a final death. Or is it? We grind up those dried, dead seeds and create a flower. And with the addition of water and time, something strange starts to happen. Maybe it's a day, maybe it's three days, maybe it's a week, but there's bubbles that begin to take place in this mixture of flour and water. Yeast is growing in there. And then we add some salt for flavor, a little bit more flour, and all of a sudden, we let it set, we let it rise, we bake it, and we have bread. In the oven, that yeast that has traveled so far in the air and in the atmosphere does, that has done all of the work for us, finally it dies. 
The bread itself dies when you bake it. Bread making is constant death and resurrection to new life. Because then that bread doesn't just stay there dead. It feeds us. It sustains us. That complex system is the way in which God has provided to keep us alive. As we come to the Lord's table this morning, as we come to the supper, this is a good thing to be reminded of. It's a good thing to be reminded that life only comes through death. Life only comes through death. The reason why we celebrate this meal together is we are celebrating our daily bread. The bread of life. Our provider and our sustainer, Jesus. And it's through His death that you and I have new life. It's through His death that we can live. And it's through the reminder of our baptism that we were dunked down into that water, that we were buried with Him, and then we were brought back up and raised to new life. Life in Christ only comes through death. Thankfully for you and for me, it's not us having to sacrifice ourselves, but Christ sacrificed Himself for us on the cross. Jesus reminds us in John chapter 6, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger. And whoever believes in me shall not thirst. But I said to you that you, have, that you have seen me and yet do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never throw out. For I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me that I should lose nothing of all that He has given me, but raise it up on the last day. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who looks on the Son and believes in Him should have eternal life. And I will raise Him up on the last day. Even in death that we have, that we experience in the here and now, the daily death of body pains and the final death that we will experience on this earth, it's not the end. Because of Christ, we have the promise of new life. Thanks for listening. And remember that you were brought into the church by the saving work and person of Jesus. Also, that you are sent out to tell everyone about him. We look forward to you joining us for the next episode of Mountain View Scattered.